Hey, Ellie, what's something that your dad does that's kind of embarrassing? He tells these really corny dad jokes all the time. When like people are over, he'll like tell them, and I'm just like, oh, but laughing on the inside. <laughs> when he farts in public. Farts in public. When he dances. Uh, definitely dancing. Definitely dancing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, and what's something that you like doing with your dad a lot? Um, I like carving with him. And like, once we went to the clay cottage and we painted like some sculptures and stuff, that was fun. Awesome. I just, yeah, I like doing art with him. Yeah. When he rides bikes with me. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And he takes me shopping. Takes you shopping? Oh. I really like um, how he teaches me to go fishing or um, swim with me in swimming pool. The thing I like to play is Minecraft. Uh -huh. Does he play that? No. Uh. I like to do puzzles and carve things with him. Right. So it's been said, but happy Father's Day. And, you know, I thought with this year being a year that I actually get to be the center of attention rather than just buy my dad a power tool that secretly I hope to borrow a lot. And it eventually ends up in my tool bag most of the time. It's okay. I, I share the gifts I buy him for me that are kind of for him, but mostly for me. I do share them. But no, I've got a whole eight months of experience now, right? I mean, the first two months were kind of like in this zombie-like haze that I have bad memories from, but I don't even know what happened. I just know I was tired. And then the next six months has mostly been just coping, but I'm a quick learner, right? So instant expert, instant pro, and I've only made like a few dozen mistakes. I'm learning all the time still. I'm, I'm learning from my dad, I'm learning from my uncles, I'm learning from men in my life, my father-in-law, I'm learning from lots of you, many of you all the time, just in a community of how to be a dad, how to be a loving husband, how to be supportive, how to figure out helping being a pastor of a church. There's a lot of stuff that I'm always learning, and I never want to leave that and move away from that. So I want to be in a mindset of learning, gaining from other people's experience. They have, there's so much more experience in this room alone than I could ever hope to just achieve in my own life. So there's wisdom here that I want to gain from. And that's one of the things we're going to do today is actually just hear from a couple of the men in our church here, their hearts on being a dad and being a husband, uh, or even just mentorship in their life, being a, a son from somebody, or even just a child of God, and how they integrate that, how they learn from that, how they've poured that into their role as just a man in community here too. So Brian, why don't you come on up? I am excited to have you up here sharing with us this morning. I'm glad you're excited, Grant. <laughs> this will be great. Yeah, come on up here. Brian, you are a dad? I am, and a grandpa. And a grandpa? Yeah. You got some kids? You betcha. You're proud of all of them? Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good. I was trying to trap you with that one. Sweet. So have at it, Brian. We're super excited to hear what you got to say. Okay. So as you know, my name's Brian, and I'm a dad, and I'm a grandpa because I got glasses. <laughs> Not a professional dad, though. Just an amateur. I don't have a college degree or a certificate on my wall that says I'm a certified dad. I've passed the course. 
Are there any Red Seal certified dads out here? No government approved? Well, kind of puts us in the same boat as Noah. Yes, pun intended. Welcome aboard. Noah wasn't a master shipbuilder, but God tasked him with building an ark to hold a specified number of animals. And it definitely had to float. The only conditions that God put on Noah was, you must listen to me, you must follow my instructions, and you must trust me. So that was it. No test, no graduation. Noah was building an ark. Same as us. No test, no graduation. And we are blessed by God to become dads. One day my wife said to me with a big smile on her face, you're going to be a daddy. After the initial excitement, I sat down and let it sink in. Scared the daylights out of me. Then I thought, she'll have a son and he'll grow up to be just like me. That scared me even more. At that point, we have to think about the saying that there are no stupid questions. Are you sure this is a good idea? I guess it was a little late for that. While we as dads are supposed to be learning new things every day, I would soon learn that if I chose to be a good dad, the learning curve would be steep. And at this point, I must tell you, dads, no matter what you've been told, control is just an illusion. When I look back on that time, I had no idea of the excitement ahead of me. I had no idea that I would get to read bedtime stories, teach him to read, ride a bike, and look after our boys for an evening or weekend so their mom could get a break. Just dad and the boys. Uh, it had to be boys because that's all us ungers do. Yes, and I would even get to change diapers. I would also teach them lots of things, some things they didn't need to know. Reader's Digest has a situation that brings this home clearly. Every morning, I had to do a mad rush to drop my son off at daycare so I could get to work on time. My impatience hit home one morning when he piped up from the back seat. Our car is really fast and everyone else is slow because they're all idiots, right, Dad? <laughs> Just like empty sponges, our children soak up the information we send out, good and bad. After all, if you're going to be your child's hero, they're going to want to be just like you. I also didn't know at the time that when I would come home from work, if they were still awake, they would be waiting at the window and upon seeing me squeal with delight, Daddy's home. At these times when I forgot to leave my bad day at work, at work, I would find out the hard way that I could crush that excitement. If I chose to put them off or ignore them, or worse yet, to tell them I just had a bad day and I didn't want to talk right now. As dads, we have to always be checking our attitude and negative feelings before addressing our kids, both young and older. Impossible, right? I don't believe my track record in that regard is a stellar one. 
I have to tell you of an incident that happened to our youngest son when he was in grade two. I came home one day to find out he'd been suspended from school. In grade two. <laughs> what could he have done? Well, as it turns out, he and his friends had found some lighters just off the school grounds. Two faux pas. And they were going to divvy up the loot. As they were doing this, he had second thoughts and remembered that this was totally against school rules and home rules as well. So our thoughtful son decided he should hold on to all the lighters so that his friends wouldn't get into trouble. Guess who got caught with the lighters? Just like me, well-meaning, but sometimes a little short-sighted. My favorite verse is Philippians 4.13. In short, it says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But being a dad, are you sure about this, Lord? I sometimes caught myself thinking, this sure will be easier when they get older. I regret thinking that, because at times, it made me look past the blessings that were right in front of me, and that I may never get to experience again. You've heard the expression, once in a lifetime. Well, with kids, that happens all too often. So many firsts, and you don't want to miss out on them. Dads, it's easy for me to say now, but don't sow seeds of regret. If not checked, they will multiply. Another thing I didn't think about the at that time of the first announcement is being a dad means being a dad for life. Young or old, you'll find at times if you nurture these relationships, your child will seek your advice or just ask you to listen for a while. I'm told that if God calls a child home before the, uh, before the parent, that child's always with you. Sometimes with fleeting thoughts, sometimes much more concentrated thoughts, always being reminded of the void the missing child left. Certainly bringing home the message, when you are a dad, you're a dad for life. One thing I always marvel at, and also sometimes completely forget is how our Heavenly Father sees what we do and say, good and bad, and still, with all of our inadequacies, allows us to be dads. But we have to meet him halfway. We have to want to be good dads. We have to want to be good examples, and we have to ask for wisdom and guidance. As a dad of two grown sons, I am extremely proud of them. Their many accomplishments and their many challenges that they've met and with guidance have overcome. When I look at them, I realize how good God is, even though I don't deserve the credit for it. Another thing you younger dads may not be aware of is that someday you might have to be dad to your dad. There may come a time when dad has to be reminded of his limitations. That takes grace on both parts. And he, has to be, he may have to be told to step back and watch this time. Hardest thing ever for a father and son or daughter.
I know this because I had to do this with my dad the last time we put a new roof on our home. Dad was still very mobile, but was always in pain from a vehicle accident he had had about 20 years before. Not to mention that he was just about 70 years old. He was bound and determined to get up on the roof and help, but I had to say no. He didn't like it, but he understood my reasoning. Instead, he stayed on the ground and with one of my older brothers picked up all the shingles. One thing for certain, he was going to help because that's what he enjoyed doing. It's even harder to see your dad, the dad you've always loved and looked up to, become confused and unsteady on his feet. Sometimes, when I would visit dad in Pleasant View, when it was time for me to go, he would say to me that he didn't like it here and would I take him home. Of course, we had told him that this was his home now. But still, he would ask me to take him home. The roles were completely reversed. And now, once again, it was time for me to say no. In looking back, I can see that my dad taught me a lot. Some th things he taught me to do well. Some things, by his own mistakes, taught me how not to do. Either way, he taught me a lot about life. Remember, dads, you're always teaching your children, sometimes for good, sometimes not so much. By the same token, you can learn a lot from them if you watch and listen. But that takes a couple of things that all of us are pretty short on these days, both time and patience. Discipline and love. Ephesians 6.4, now my version says specifically fathers, so this is right at us, dads. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now remember, you are looking into the eyes of a future potential parent, as well as the person who, who may decide where you spend your golden years when you can't decide for yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. It's fantastic. And the next we've got Ruben coming up too, and just give him a minute there as well. I love hearing stories of we have such a wide variety of experience and everything that we learn from here, how we apply what we learn from our dads, from our families, from our mentors, from God into our life. So excited. Ruben, take it away. Thanks, Grant. Let me get sorted here for a bit. Um, so welcome to Father's Day. Um, I appreciate all the um, happy Father's Day wishes I've had and happy Father's Day to all here who I haven't talked to yet. But, um, you know, this is an exciting time, right? Um, it's the payback, right? No, not really. It's a small thing, but, um, you know, a few weeks ago I got a request from Grant as far as to speak here. And for me to talk about our, my kids, our kids, Val and I, is, is a great thing. It's, um, we're so blessed. But um, it was, when I first read it, he said that um, I was going to talk about 4 by 4s um, and I'm in the lumber industry, so that seemed natural, but four times four is four people talking about four minutes about 
being a father. Um, turned out it's a two by eight, I guess, right? But uh, no, it's good. Um, um, so what does being a father mean to me? Like, so over the years, I've received a number of breakfasts in bed, and that's, uh, it's kind of a challenging thing. You know, I'm an early riser, and so having, um, you know, to wait in bed long after I would have gotten up and had some quiet time and kind of plan for the day, sort of, and maybe catch up on Sportsnet for a bit, right? Um, um, I must say the, uh, the breakfast ritual uh, has been very much appreciated knowing how early other people have had to get, get up because they try to accommodate my, my schedule and I really appreciated that. Um, so, but really, you know, what's it like to be a man, to be a husband and then to be a father, right? Um, you know, most importantly, I got to thank my support team, Val. Um, without her and, you know, her encouragement and, uh, you know, the, uh, the support that she's provided um, through the years and all the different things that, you know, we've gone through has uh, been very special. So when I look back at, you know, being a father um, three times, um, it's been... A fantastic experience really like the new baby to hold a new baby um, and then through all the developmental stages of each of our children as they have grown um, well maybe not the teenage years as much but um, there's so much like I, I couldn't get over the wonder of you know each stage of their life and I couldn't wait for the next one um, but but it was always a challenge to kind of stay in the moment that's uh, what they were going through right now, right? Um, we knew fairly early that we had to kind of get some, um, some direction, uh, some help, as far as once we realized that each child is very different from the next, right? And so I'd like to share a... Um, a special book of encouragement that has been uh, very helpful for us. It's called The Bike Lesson. The Berenstein Bears is fantastic stuff, really. And this one here, it kind of speaks to some of the, um, the thought about, you know, mentorship and how different examples we provide for our family. And this one's about a new bike. Come here, small bear, here's something you will like. Look, Ma, look, a brand new bike. Thanks, Dad, thanks. For me, you say? I'm going to ride it right away. No, not yet, not yet, my son. First come the lessons, then the fun. How to get on is lesson one. Mother's very intent watching. Lesson one, is that lesson one he falls down, right? Mother's going inside. Yes, that is what you should not do, so let that be a lesson to you. Um, that theme, you know, I'm the youngest of nine in my family. And so it's not just, you know, the perfect examples, and we have to realize that as fathers, that we can leverage off of, but it's all the things that happen. I see from my older siblings all the things they went through, and. I kind of learned some things as, as time went on, and I knew that, uh, you know, there was, 
certain paths he didn't want to choose. But um, as far as the Berenstain Bears, and I, you know, it's all kidding aside, just think of all the, uh, the different books. We loved reading uh, stories to our kids um, before bed. And when we had the three, we'd have all three of them reading, and they all enjoyed uh, these, uh, the variety of these books, along with others. But uh, here's some titles, and there's a lot of them. Um, I'm not going to read all of them, but New Baby, Go to School, Go to the Doctor, Moving Day, The Babysitter, Visit the Dentist, Go to Camp, Get in a Fight, In the Dark, Messy Room, Trouble with Money, The Truth, Too Much TV, Mama's New Job, Sweet Santa Bear, uh, Too Much Junk Food, Forget Their Manners, Learn About Strangers, No Girls Allowed, Too Much Birthday, Get Stage Fright, Weekend at Grandma's, uh, Go Out for the Team, Trouble with Friends, Bad Habit, uh, Trouble... It goes on and on, all these developmental stages and problems that children have, right? And you can read a nice book, a lighthearted story about it, and, and have a meaningful lesson within that, right? Um, so lessons, uh, discipline, and developmental stages, that theme. Uh, children do not, Brian said it wonderfully, do not come with an owner's manual. There are no mandatory courses or example, exams to complete. And as long as you have the plumbing in order, you end up with a kid. Um, so, like I said before, kids are not all the same, and Val understood, you know, that we needed to get some help. Um, you know, the primary concept that stood out from uh, me as far as, like, with, um, we did numerous Bible studies with uh, other families in the church here, uh, small groups, um, and then um, also hours of focus on the family, um, all kind of outlining the whole process of uh, love, rules, and discipline. And the primary concept that stood out to me is that if you're going to mess up with your kids in the application of love, rules, and discipline, be sure to choose the rules carefully, uh, set our kids up to win, allow them to make good decisions. That's, it's so hard to not, you see a challenge coming up and you want to step in and give them the answer and to let them do it on their own. And the huge win that is, um, when they actually do something that you were gonna tell them to do, but once you tell them, and they were gonna do it anyway, it's just so, so lost, right? And so deflating, right? That's always a, that was always a trick. Um, and then the most important thing that I had to realize is love them too much. You can't really go wrong, right? So examples of rebellion and uh, disobedience, you know, Val and I thought about that. And we have to say that our kids never really rebelled in any significant way during the teenage years. Uh, we did have a child, though, that um, in the early years into elementary school, always seemed to be in constant rebellion. And uh, I can kind of rephrase that, that he had a very strong or sense of personal justice. How's that? Um, here's one scenario. So, Star Wars, I think they're at fault here a bit. So, namely, lightsabers. Our child, well, sorry, sound guy. <laughs> Our child, his uh, recent uh, gifted lightsaber, bring, he sneaks his recently gifted light, lightsaber to school. Um, the teacher was very understanding. She sees him bring it out at recess and decides that it's a great idea because obviously his parents let him bring it to school. Sorry. So our child is doing fine. And then, um, unfortunately, he loans it to others. 
So you can imagine what happened, uh, children got lightsabered. Um, so the teacher on recess uh, monitoring duty um, takes the uh, lightsaber into custody. And then our child believes that this is uh, extremely unjust, because he didn't do it, and um, starts yelling at the teacher that you're not the boss of me and proceeds to kick the teacher in the legs. So a trip to the principal's office, and then another call from the school, because this is kind of an ongoing reoccurrence as far as you are not the boss of me. Um, we always had to sit this child down and say, no, that person is actually the boss of you when we're not around. Ah, shoot, right? But um, uh, Stan Rempel, is he here today? I haven't seen him. So he's been a long time usher here. And so this is one situation um, uh, where um, uh, he was trying to get this child down from the tree out in the front of the church here. And uh, the response from the child was, um, I don't have to listen to you, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> so, so of course we went out and got, got him down and then explained again that no, this is, uh, uh, Stan Rempel is, Mr. Rempel is an usher and he's looking out for your safety and you do have to listen to him too, right? Um, so, to the teenage years and uh, our kids through the teenage years, um, one of our child, children had uh, some difficulty going through the teenage years, a bit of rebellion, but it was very short-lived. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I got to say that I bear a lot of responsibility there. Um, I had lessons to learn about my own development, developmental stages and failings. Um, perfectionism um, suited me fairly well with my career as a quality control. Um, but... Um, impatience and anger and just useless rules that you know didn't really set up this child to win right um so i had a manager later you know looking back at this because i had to work through that but um manager used to say don't let uh perfect get in the way of good enough and so i had to, you know always had to examine what was my perfect and what is good enough right and keep that balance um, so sacrifice more, um, Brian mentioned, you know, don't exacerbate our young adults, right? They're trying to find themselves. So back to the lessons earlier, you know, try to love too much, don't take things too personally, and sometimes um, even our kids are having a bad day, right? Um, so best example, you know, of, um, of what it's like to be, you know, Jesus was not a father, but those principles, this is lifestyle, is what we try to emulate. Um, and he was asked, what was the greatest commandment, right? Uh, so in Matthew 22, 36 to 40, we read, uh, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Our kids are our neighbors. And it's easy to love them as ourselves. And I always ponder this verse because how well do I love myself so that I can love others, right? Um, without being, you know, a narcissist um, to be conceited. Um, but 
to honestly love ourselves and to honestly see ourselves with grace that uh, our Heavenly Father sees us. Um, so, you know, again, we look back at our kids and our family and how blessed we are. Our kids live within a few miles of us. We have seven grandchildren. Um, they all love us. We love them very deeply. Um, like Brian said, I mean, you know, you wonder, why am I so blessed as a father? You know, I too, I don't know how well I came to the mark as far as loving too much. But I know that there's a mountain of grace, prayer from others, and examples around me that have been working in my life. So in a parting word, just want to thank you and this village, past members and present members, for helping Val and I to raise our family. Um, we're so <laughs> blessed that they're good people, and more importantly, that they love the Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ruben, as well, and for Brian and Ruben for sharing your hearts on this and your experiences. Um, it's not much more to say, hey? Eh? Some great testimonies there of fatherhood and that experience and the highs and lows of it. Um, it's too bad it doesn't get easier. I was hoping for that too. <laughs> so I want to spend a few minutes and flip the script here a little bit. We've heard from some dads talking about that experience. But I'm going to ask you a question. As a kid, you're, we're all children of somebody or have mentors or coaches in our life. Have you ever disappointed Somebody above you? You ever disappointed your parents or your dad? Or like a teacher or a coach? There's like one hand. So the rest of you are all perfect. You're fine. E even more specifically, like somebody, and, and when I say dad in this scenario, and I'm thinking somebody who has a little bit more investment and a passion because they want to see the best in you. They have hope for you. They want to see the best things come out of your life. They want to instill their desires and loves and hobbies and skills and faith and worldview on you. And then sometimes we, uh, we mess that up a little bit, right? Um, I never did. I was a pretty good kid. I was really easygoing, actually. If you've met my parents, they have nothing bad to say about me. Uh, if they do, it's because their memories are starting to fail. <laughs> Dad is laughing a lot in the back right now. And my mom just can't hear me because she's in the nursery, so it's good. I'm protected. One, one story, though, that comes to my mind is when I was starting to drive, just got, I think I had my learner's permit still, and I was super enthusiastic because I was a few months ahead of the, my friends. I was the first one with a license, first one with a car, just driving around, and I really loved driving on Sundays because I got to drive to church, right, with the family. I got to drive home. And then one Sunday in particular, my dad had just bought a Jeep, and he had no idea what a Jeep was capable of. They're fun. So 
drive to church. It's great. Church service is over. I'm itching to go. Let's drive home. You know, it's a Jeep, right? So you hit the potholes rather than avoid them. It's really exciting. If there's somebody and there's a curb, you can go over the curb. It's great. So they're hanging out, talking with all their friends. I want to get going. So I, I'm even, you know, I'm very courteous and nice. So I grab the Jeep from the parking lot and I bring it up front, like, you know, what good service. And like, let's go, let's go. And I was waiting for a whole bunch of few seconds and I got impatient. So then I just start doing laps around the drop-off loop and just trying to get my dad's attention. Like, let's get going. It's not working. And then there's this like four foot staircase that goes between two levels of the parking lot. I thought, well, this thing's a Jeep so I can cut my loop in half and start going up and down the staircase a bit. And that got his attention. <laughs> and not in a good way. A little bit on the disappointed kind of side of things. Maybe even a little bit more than that. It kind of came up with, he had some choice words that became a bit of a family joke now. And you can ask him about those later. I won't repeat them here. <laughs> we all do dumb things, though, right? We all do goofy stuff. We sometimes unintentionally, we just, you know, spur the moment, make a choice. Sometimes very intentionally, and we just don't care about the consequences. But I think there's a huge impact, especially when we start thinking of the gospel story, the story we read in the Bible, and we have the example of Jesus who refers to God as Father God, Abba, Father, over and over. And, you know, I think sometimes, especially if you've grown up in the church, we get really complacent, and it's almost like this whole faith salvation thing is this platonic equation of like, yeah, I sin, and I mess up, but God's gracious, and there's salvation, so it's okay, and I'll try a little bit better the next time, and then the cycle continues a little bit more. But when we really start taking this example where Jesus refers to God as Father God, and then we think in our own lives of those kind of mentors and those people we've disappointed when they want the best for us, and then we unintentionally or often very intentionally disobey, do our own things, follow selfish impulses, do greedy things for our own lives, and then we see the impact of what that does to God, to our dads, to mentors, to people who love us in our lives. And it suddenly changes it a little bit more. There's this intimate connection that we're now breaking a bit. But I think what's so amazing, and it's like uh, a, a famous story that Jesus used in the Gospels when he tried explaining this love that God has for us, the prodigal son story, and just a really short form of it, essentially is a dad who had two sons, and one son says, I want my inheritance now. I want to go off and live my own life. Essentially saying, I wish you were dead. I don't really care. And he goes off and parties like crazy. The ultimate disappointment, the ultimate rude, like middle finger, worst thing you could do. And then the dad is still open and willing to embrace it back. Even after just getting, you know, my dad's Jeep stuck on a set of stairs, I still learn from him. He still loves me. He still teaches me and still wants the best out of me. Just I don't borrow his cars as often. But there's this verse in Hebrews that struck me when I was thinking about Father's Day in uh, Hebrews, uh, a book just written to Christians of the early church about how to just understand faith and God a little bit more too. And Hebrews eleven sixteen just says this, nice, short, and sweet, just says, God is not ashamed to be our God. And even with all that stuff we do in our lives intentionally and the things that we just turn to our own de desires and our own focuses and we just don't even care about God's best intentions and teachings, and it says, God is not ashamed to be our God. Even as the disasters we are, the messes we make of our lives, the disappointments we bring up regularly, he's not ashamed to be our God. 
And I find that so powerful. Uh, and then even John, one of Jesus' closest disciples, writes in a letter um, to believers as well to just further understand God more. He even says this in uh, the book, 1 John 4.18. He says, love never brings fear. Fear is always related to punishment. But perfect love drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not experienced perfect love from God. And then we get a different picture of what God's fatherly love for us looks like, what God's intention for dads, for mentors, for teachers, for men to love people around them is meant to look like. And just with a few minutes here left before we go, I also want to acknowledge the fact that in our world with our diverse experiences, um, good and bad, on this side of heaven here on earth, we, there are many of us who have great experiences with our families. There is a lot of us who have very twisted experiences of love and very broken experiences with fatherly love too. I think what we can do this Father's Day, how we can um, pour into this is, uh, there's two sides of things. I think one is that we can listen to the testimonies of men who have found ways to take that love of God and bring it into their own lives, and they learn, and then the ups and the downs. So thank you, Brian and Ruben, for sharing. Here's the other challenge, men. I want to challenge you to share your hearts, the good and the bad, the things that you've learned and how you've taken God's love for your life and how you've used that to apply it to those around you and to your kids and to your family. And not just the dads, I'm talking about the men who have influence and impact. If you work somewhere, if you ever meet, if you meet with somebody for coffee once a year, you have a connection. You have a responsibility now in that relationship. So how do you take that on? I think we can all hear this, that Jesus came and lived and loved us And he continues to love and teach us and guides us, but especially for the purpose of going to the cross. And here's the big thing that Jesus going to the cross to make the ultimate sacrifice out of love did for us. And it's not just this ticket to heaven kind of thing. It's that we actually get this unimpeded ability to receive and experience God's fatherly love in our lives here today, now and forever. And it's transformed so many people's lives. It's transformed my life and it transforms your life and it transforms millions of lives of people around the world. And there are millions of people around the world who represent this love and passion around us. So I'm just going to pray and we're going to head out from here, grab some root beer. But God, thank you so much. Father God, thank you for being that example of love, especially when we need it to fill the void in our world, God, when we're missing it. God, we have so much brokenness in our world, in our lives, and we, we mess up, and it's more than mess up, God, we rebel, and we do stupid things, and yet you still love us. You're not ashamed of us. God, thank you for providing that love, that fatherly connection, especially when we need it, especially when we don't receive it, God, especially when we make absolute disasters of understanding what Father's role is meant to be in this world. But also thank you, too, for the blessing you provide for so many amazing men here in this church, in this city, in this world, God, who do pour in and who see your example and want to just bless those around them with that as well, God, with that patience, with that perfect love that drives out fear of punishment. Not teaching, not correcting God, but that fear of punishment, that fear of disappointing to the point where there would be shame. And there's no shame in your love, God. So we just thank you for that. God, as we go today into the day, whether it's going to the car show or a family dinner or whatever is happening, God, I just pray you bless the men in this congregation, especially today, and then that love can pour out and bless others around them. We thank you for all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Grab a rebirth float on your way out, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>